Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. My name is Jeffrey Davis. I'm the host of Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm also chairman of the board of Mage LLC, a management consulting firm that has assisted over 700 leaders since 1985 for organizational development, strategy, family business transitions, and more. And I am lucky enough to have my favorite guest host today, and that is uh, Evan Macedo, uh, VP Finance and Operations at Sapers and Wallach. Welcome, Evan. Nice to see you again. Thank you, Jeffrey. Nice to see you as well, even though it's over Zoom. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here on the show, and I'm very excited for today's episode. Great. And uh, let me introduce the guest. It's Steve Walsh, founder of Hands-On Angel. Wow. That almost sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> Welcome, Perfect. Steve. You'll Thank have you. to Thank explain you. to me on Hands-On Angel. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, uh, and good morning. It, yeah, it was... Um... It was completely by accident. Uh, I was um, helping founders, started this about six years ago, started helping founders. And I realized I was just getting pretty involved in helping them raise capital, accelerate revenue and growth. And I was actually on a podcast similar to this, although not this fancy, in <laughs> Australia of all places. And I do a really bad Australian accent, but the gentleman interviewing me about what I was doing with founders and how I was helping them was like, you know, Steve, you're really this hands-on guy. Like you get really involved in the founders. You're like this hands-on angel, mate. And my brother, who's an entrepreneur, was listening to it. And he goes, that's it. That's you. That's the brand. That's the company. That's everything. That's exactly what you do. And that's Very where good. it started. And uh, and now here we are six years later. So, uh, Mr. Angel, tell us what you do. Pretty uh in simplest terms, I help founders really accelerate and find capital and accelerate revenue and growth. And I do that by leveraging a pretty massive network that I've built over the last 25 years. And most of the founders that I work with are at the earliest of stages, pre-seed and seed stage, probably post-product, post-revenue. And they're looking to raise their first round of institutional capital. And my experience has been, that's really hard. They don't always know where to turn. They don't understand who to raise from, what the expectations are in the KPIs. And I help sort of pull back that curtain and help them understand how to do that faster. And in a market right now that is really strange, especially with the current economic climate out there. And that's really what I do. And I work with early stage founders. And at this point, I've over the last six years, I've talked to over 3,000 founders and I've invested personally in 63 of them. And eight of them have exited to date. So I don't claim to know everything about everything, but I think I know a little something about a little something. Well, you learn through wins and losses. There's no doubt you about it. You absolutely do. In, in fact, I think sometimes you learn more from your losses than you ever do from your wins. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Evan, I don't want to dominate this. Do you have a question? Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned 3,000 conversations that you've had. That is a lot of people that you've talked to uh, over the past uh, couple of years. You know, And I'm hearing 2023 was a tougher year uh, for people to get uh, their their products off the ground, get the investments that they needed. And uh, we're going into 2024. I know people are really curious, uh, what's, what is 2024 going to be like? So do you have any insight that you could give us on how 2023 went? And then what, what we should expect? Is it going to be more of the same this year? Or is it going to be easier for deals to get done this year? Or do you think the opposite? I think what we saw in 23 was a, a shift back to reality. I think 21 and 22 sort of, there was a lot of craziness. 
Valuations went through the roof. Rounds were happening in days, not weeks. And what happened in 23 is that there was probably 30 to 40% cut in valuations and deals were taking longer. So the average founder, regardless of round size, in 21, 22 was having to have probably 100 to 150 conversations to raise a round. And that round was taking anywhere from three to four months. In 23, the number of conversations they were having to have went to probably two to 300. And the time it was taking to raise those rounds went now to four to seven months. So it was taking longer and you were having to talk to more people. And we've seen that carry over so far into 24, Evan, honestly. Deals are still taking longer. I think LPs are more careful about what they invest in. And the metrics and the KPIs that the founders have to have today are a lot tighter than what they were a few years ago. People are looking for not only growth and revenue, they're looking for a path to profitability. A founder doesn't have to be profitable today, but they want to know, does the founder have a vision of being profitable someday? And is that six months away or six years away? So that's becoming more prevalent as we have made the turn into 24. I think you're right. I think investors are doing more due diligence before they just follow the the herd. Yeah. And and I think Jeffrey that's I think that's good for the investor. I think it's also good for the founder. It's requiring founders to understand their business a lot more and I, the whiteboard and a dream is really not how you pitch investors now. It's I have a real business. It's growing fast. And I could use capital to help accelerate that. So I think we're seeing a lot more of that. More Back to business fundamentals is what I call it. You know, I, I get things to look at all the time. And I always say to people, it's like dating. I go, I'm not sure you want me. I'm not going to be easy. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You know, because I read everything you send to me and I, I want to make sure, you know, you're doing the right thing. And just Absolutely. being asked... And, you know, it's it's easy to get caught up in the emotion of the moment when people are pitching, you know. Totally agree. Totally if, agree. You know, as they say, if I had a dollar for every time someone told me something was going to be the next hot thing. Right. You're absolutely right. It, and, and Steve, on, on that topic as well, I know it is more difficult to get, kind of get deals through, but you're – uh, a hands-on angel investor. Is there anything that you're doing uh, specifically that's different from anyone else in the marketplace to have, make sure your clients have a little more success? I think that's a good question, Evan. I think I have a term that I use called kind candor that I use with founders. And I think it's missing a lot in business nowadays. And what I mean by that is in this ecosystem all the time, founders really are lied to. They're not told the truth. People aren't candid with them because nobody wants to miss a deal. Nobody wants to offend anybody. And they want to make sure that if you are successful, that they get a crack at you later. I, I think that's probably the worst thing you can do for founders. So what I try to do is I don't tell founders their deck is great when it's not. I don't tell them they should raise when they shouldn't. And sometimes I'm telling them to bootstrap longer, raise less, and wait and continue to grow organically. Sort of pulling back that curtain. And I think when you have that candor, it's not to be mean. It's actually to help them go faster. It's actually to help them get to yes. And what I have found is a lot of times in the ecosystem, because people don't have the courage to tell the founder that, they're actually doing them a disservice. So one of the things I think I do that's different is I don't sugarcoat things. I try to be candid with founders because I want them to go faster and I want better outcomes for them and for me and have aligned expectations. So I think that's one of the things I try to do 
that's a little bit different than say others in the ecosystem. Very nice. Steve, are there certain industries that you prefer to migrate to? I think over time, Jeffrey, it's my focus has narrowed. I think like in business, the longer you do it, the narrower your focus gets and you get better at it. I realize today that I invest in a lot more narrow focus. So for me, that tends to be things like B2B SaaS because I've spent almost my entire career in the B2B space. So you won't catch me doing a ton of consumer nowadays. I'll do mostly B2B. And within that, I've done things like FinTech and EdTech and HealthTech, but all under that B2B mantra. I've done some in sports tech and sports betting because I actually lived in Vegas for three years and did uh, business in the gaming industry. Um, one of the interesting things is I actually helped one of my portfolio companies get a Nevada gaming license. And I actually had to go through the process, which took a year and a half. So I'm one of the few angel investors that actually has a Nevada gaming license, which is probably 20 people in the world that have those. So it's kind of fun. Um, that's where I've narrowed my focus over the years. You won't catch me doing uh, biotech, even though we live in Boston. It just costs too much money and takes too long. I'm not into cannabis. It's a personal thing. My dad died of smoking. Um, so there are things that I don't do. I tend to stay in my swim lane, and I, I think that's better for the founders uh, in general. No, I can appreciate what you're saying about both uh, bio, you know, the biotech and the fintech. Uh, Evan, a follow-up question on your part before we go? Yeah, I guess uh, for if you have any advice for investors that are really trying to maximize what they're doing this year, you know, whether it's building their team or focusing on R&D, where do you think that, uh, you know, owner operators should be spending the most amount of time this year? Revenue solves everything. The more you can grow and the faster you can grow, the more interest people will will pay attention to you. And the other one is know your numbers. I, I can't tell you how many times I meet with founders. And I ask just like the basics of what'd you do in revenue last year? What'd you do for growth month over month the second half of the year? And I get like, let me get back to you on that. I'm like, let me get back to you. Like I'm a, I'm, I run my own business. I can tell you what I did for revenue every month for the last three or four years. Like, what do you mean you have to get back to me? Like, know your numbers. You can't ask for people's help and money if you don't understand your own business. So I think it starts there, Evan, honestly. And the better you are at doing that, I think the more interested people will be. Know your own business. I know that, uh, Steve, I can't ag agree with you more that there was a point of time earlier in my career where we had multiple offices in multiple cities and people would ask me about financials and I could tell you any time of day where I was tracking just without even going into my computer or anything. I could just, I knew just from the business, how many people were working, how many projects they were on. I could tell you day to day where we were and I'd be within a small fraction of being accurate about my business. You got to know your business, got to know the numbers and you got to show the numbers. If you can show the numbers, you'll get people to follow. Uh, Steve, if someone's looking for you, how would they do that? couple easy ways. LinkedIn is always a good way. And also my website, handsonangel.com. Feel free to reach out if what I do interests you, if I could be helpful in any way, happy to chat. Very nice. And we hope you come back. Very interesting, pragmatic uh, speaker. Evan Macedo, how do people find you? Very easy. Uh, you can go to our website at uh, sapers-wallet.com. You can go to our team page, find myself, a bunch of my other colleagues, and uh, we would be very happy to talk to you about your business or your own personal finances.
Great. I want to thank both of you for being on Radio Entrepreneurs today and remind everybody, again, this is Radio Entrepreneurs.